Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword Voice America. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America, welcome to the 18th ever show of All Around Sports, live from the City of Champions, Boston, Massachusetts. Reach Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, we will go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this week and what's coming up for the weekend. And to join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which goes right through my website at iirsports.com. And as always, it was another wild week in sports. And as usual, I would discuss the highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items that dominated this past week's news, as well as take you inside my event of the week that I attended. Well, my highlight of the week is pretty easy. It's the return of NFL football, which I had the pleasure to personally witness last night between the Patriots and Jaguars at Gillette Stadium and uh, which I will discuss later during the show, the Patriots' resounding 47-12 to victory as they scored the most points ever in franchise history in a preseason game. Uh, this week's low light is Joe Paterno, Penn State's legendary coach, being injured at practice. Uh, it's the third or fourth incident that Joe has had over the past five or so years, and... Uh, you know, he suffered a hairline fracture of the shoulder and the hip, apparently, but no, fortunately no surgery is necessary. And let's just hope that Joe is uh, fit for the huge game of the year, what is one of the best games of the year, the great intersectional matchup on September 10th when Penn State hosts Alabama at Beaver Stadium. And they'll be looking for revenge for the game that uh, early last year where Alabama absolutely smoked Penn State down in, uh, down in Alabama. But uh, the Crimson Tide is traveling up uh, to Pennsylvania, and that is going to be a great game. So here's hoping that uh, Joe will be on the sidelines for that game because it is going to be a great one. And my bizarre sports story of the week is... Tiger Woods, who is just, uh, and his unraveling in yesterday's opening round of the PGA tournament, uh, the last major of the year, 
by shooting a 7 over par, which is an unbelievable score, his highest ever in an opening round of a major. And uh, just made all the more startling since he birdied three of the first five holes, meaning he shot 10 over for the last 13 holes. That is absolutely almost incomprehensible for him. And uh, it sounds, sounds like my game, you might say. And by any standard, you know, since I last talked about Tiger in last week's show, it's been a heck of a week. So, uh, you know, his comeback in the past week has just been uh, odd, to say the least, complete with caddygate, some snippiness, if you will, uh, bordering on almost defiance at his press conferences. So Tiger's comeback just seems to get... Uh, stranger with each round that he plays and he plays another one today and it's a big one he needs to uh shoot a good round to simply make the cut for this pga and uh it will have potentially long-lasting effects for the rest of the season as to whether or not he qualifies for the fedex cup playoffs i have a personal interest in that because the deutsche bank classic is up here in about three weeks and it benefits Tiger's foundation, which means uh, he will likely play, but, uh, but you know, needs to be in the hunt for the FedEx playoff uh, race. So, again, it's been pretty strange to watch, uh, especially this past week. So we'll see what he does today down in Atlanta at the PGA. So my event of the week that I attended was... Uh, Patriots training camp, <clears throat> 20 minutes from my house up here near Boston, and uh, I had the pleasure of interviewing Tyree Barnes, a former Navy wide receiver who is trying out for the team after being reinstated from the NFL's reserve military list, which it was very interesting to learn about this week. So before I go into any further detail, here is uh, my interview with Tyree Barnes. This is John Inglesby from Voice America Sports Network, and I'm here with Tyree Barnes from Navy, and he's just coming off the practice field at training camp with the Patriots, and Tyree, welcome to the show. How you doing? Nice to meet you. Very honored to talk to you. Nice to meet you, too. Now, tell me about uh, your journey from Navy to active duty so now the Patriots training camp where this past uh, month you were called in off the reserved military list. It's been a long journey. Uh, I guess the, the biggest thing I take from it was humbling. It was definitely an experience and it definitely put a lot of things in perspective to let me know that there are a lot of bigger things out there than, than myself, than living in the little city of Virginia, than the Navy, than football or anything like that. So I guess it started, decided to go to the Naval Academy, did my time there. Uh, kind of had no no aspirations and goals to, to be in the military or to be play football after that because I knew I had my five-year commitment. Uh, things worked out. New England saw me. I guess I did a good job while I was there at school, and I was blessed to have the opportunity to serve two years and then come back out here to train the camp. Terrific, Tyree. Now, where did, uh, where did you serve at uh, on active duty? Uh, I was in Norfolk, Virginia. I was on uh, USS Gonzalez, a destroyer out of Norfolk. 
Okay, and you grew up in Virginia, if I'm not mistaken. I grew up in Virginia, only child, which was kind of my, that was my pushing factor to go back home. So the day I got to pick my ship, it was, it was no question that I was going to go back to Norfolk to do that time. Okay, now you were drafted uh, May of 09, went on military reserve in uh, July of 09, a couple months later. What has been your contact with the Patriots since then until you were reinstated just a month ago? It wasn't, there wasn't a lot of contact at all. I mean, I knew I had my, my two years that I had to do, so I kind of made it my job to, to focus on what I was doing at the time, just as, as I am now. Like, I kind of know that I had the Navy aspect there, but that's also in my past. I want to keep that integrity, but I know that when I was doing the Navy job, I was, I was solely focused on the Navy. I was focused on my guys on the ship, focused on getting the mission done when we would go out and do that. And then I'm blessed to have the opportunity now to keep that behind me and focus on football. So it must have been nice for the last two years to know that the possibility existed that you would end up in training camp with the Patriots. Here you are. What do you think so far? It's great. It's, it's exactly what I expected. Like, I knew every day, 700 days ago, when I knew I had the two years to do, I, I was still focused. It was, it was, there was a little itty-bitty light down the road, but I knew that if I kept pushing hard, kept working, that I would have the opportunity to come out here and, and show myself and show what I could do on the football field. So I'm just blessed to have this opportunity. Yeah, well, I myself have visited Annapolis and walked the Naval Academy, and we're all up here in New England. We're all familiar with Bill Belichick's history growing up in Annapolis. And, of course, his father was a coach there for something like 50 years. <laughs> so um, what are your thoughts on the whole, shall we say, Bill Belichick-Annapolis-Navy connection for you? Definitely. I, I get that a lot, and all I can say is I'm honored. I'm blessed that he would, he would give me the opportunity to be able to do that, regardless of, of what's going on in his mind and why he feels like he wants to have me out here. I know that if he gives me a job, I come out here, perform every day, and hopefully at the end of the day, I can, I can come out and help this team, regardless of I went to the Navy, went to Annapolis, he has a familiar background. I want to put all that aside, and hopefully he sees me for me and knows that I can come out here and contribute and, and actually do something to help the team, and that's, that's where I'm headed. And you're working out as a wide receiver, which is what you played in Navy, correct? Yes, that's correct, wide receiver. Okay. Now tell us about a little, a little bit about uh, your career at Navy. Uh, Specifically, what was the Army-Navy game like? It was exciting. I, I would say that's the, the biggest, one of the biggest experiences of my life. Until I saw some of the things I saw actually while I was on deployment in the Navy, that was, that was the best experiences. Those, those four games I played each year, which, you know, I never lost, that was good. I actually never lost the Air Force as well. So that was good. Just that, that rivalry you have with service academies. I mean, you know, we're, we're brothers in arms. We serve in the military together. We fight, serve this country. But when we get on that football field, we, we just want to beat those guys. And it was, I was honored to be able to beat them all four years I was there. And I'm guessing when you were there, uh, that's pretty much when you started going to bowl games with regularity, if I'm not mistaken. You, you, you played a couple of bowl games, correct? That's correct. I played uh, four bowl games. Every year we played in the bowl game. So I was honored to, to be able to have that last game. So like I said, the last time I had on football pads was my bowl game my senior year, which was December of 2008. So it's kind of weird reflecting back on that and just realizing that I have, I've been blessed with so many opportunities to continue playing football. So I'm just humbled and each day I try to make my best out of it. Best of luck, Tyree. I appreciate your time, and good luck uh, in your time here with the Patriots. Thank you very much. I was honored to speak to you. Well, that was Tyree Barnes, who is currently in Patriots training camp trying out for the team. And as you, and as you could clearly hear, Tyree is a ultra-impressive individual, the best of the best, and uh, exactly what I expected. Uh, as you listeners know from following the show, uh, my niche is writing about the intersection of military and sports, where I've had the pleasure to interview a number of service academy players and graduates, and they just never cease to impress me. Uh, 
again, you know, just the best of the best. They're just uh, as good as America has to offer these days. And this is just a good example of what is a really cool thing that Coach Bill Belichick does up here in Patriot Land, uh, where he, over his decade as coach, has often brought in players from the Naval Academy uh, to try out for the team. There's actually another one on the team uh, trying out as we speak, uh, Eric Catani, a running back, and uh, so he's over at camp. There's also another Navy player, uh, Sean White, who was uh, a teammate of Tyree Barnes at the Naval Academy, and uh, he's still on the reserve military list, and a few years back, uh, Coach Belichick brought in um, brought in other players. Uh, Kyle Eccles being the most notable. So it's just a really cool and patriotic thing that speaks to Belichick's background. Uh, again, as most football fans know, he grew up in Annapolis as the son of Steve Belichick, who was a coach and scout for Navy for many, many decades, uh, something that sounds like <clears throat> 40, 50 years. So it's great that uh, Belichick remembers his roots, again, pays homage to, you know, the service academies, American soldiers, the military in general, and uh, I've been seeing this for years as I've gone to Patriots training camps, and it's just... Uh, completely obvious to me that, uh, you, you know, that Belichick gives these players a legitimate chance to make the team. And uh, here's hoping that Tyree and perhaps Eric Catani and others will at some point stick with the Patriots team. Kyle Eccles did. He played for a while for the Patriots and uh, would love to see it happen again. So, um, that brings me on to more Patriots news, and while I was over at camp uh, interviewing uh, Tyree the other day, uh, had a chance to listen to Andre Carter, who is a newly signed defensive end, uh, came from the Washington Redskins, where he played with, guess who, Albert Hainsworth, and there was a little bit of... Uh, you know, discussion about some comments he had made back in uh, Washington when he was Hainsworth's teammate and uh, somewhat controversial. And here was Andre's uh, retort to uh, to those comments. Overall, I mean, he's a, he's a heck of a player. Uh, just the, the, the times I have played with him and the level of success I, as far as sacks that I have uh, received, I mean, we had a great four-man rush. Uh, whether it was him, him inside or him outside. I mean, so his, his uh, level of versatility, he's a big guy, he can plug the middle. So with him and our, our other big guys in the middle, uh, low willing, we get things right. Uh, you know, anything's possible, but you got to put it out on, on the practice field first. Well, that was Andre Carter talking about Albert Hainsworth, who did not play last night, nor did Tom Brady, nor did Chad Ochocinco, the other high-profile acquisition of the offseason. Uh, but one person who did play and had a great game, uh, he basically seemed like he was making every single play in the first series against the Jaguars, uh, although he did drop an interception that was right in his arms, and he joked about that uh, in the post game. But uh, just a quick comment from Patrick Chung, which tells you why the Patriots held the Jaguars to four field goals last night. 
thing. Corners, yeah. corners have to know things too. Sometimes yeah. if a safety doesn't see something, corner sees it. Yeah. He has to say, hey, hey, you know, I see this, I see this, you know. Yeah. It's kind of like a 11-man communication. Yeah. You know, it's, all, it's all good. Yeah. Patrick Chung is quickly becoming a leader of the Patriots' defense. Uh, again, he was just all over the field to open the game last night, had a good year last year, and, uh, you know, as the Patriots' defense evolves, uh, I anticipate he's going to make a big impact, and he's looking like possibly the uh, the next Rodney Harrison. So, uh, and now, as my former co-host, Lemont Williams from Outside the Huddle, likes to say, it's time to pay some bills, so let's take our break. And join us. joining us next for more Patriots talk will be Rich Garvin, who covers the Patriots for the Worcester Telegram and Gazette newspaper. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fan's perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And to join the show, the call-in number is one 888 Three four six nine one four four, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's typically that time of the show when we have guests join us. And today, it's a pleasure to have Rich Garvin, who covers the Patriots for the Worcester Telegram and Gazette newspaper up here in Massachusetts. And Rich, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, John. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Thanks so much for joining us. And for the first time... Uh, in a while, we actually have a game that we can talk about. So I know we were both at the Patriots-Jaguars game last night. And uh, why don't we just start off with your overall thoughts of the 47-12 victory by the Patriots? Yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously, it's, it was the first game in a long time. And, uh, and it showed. I mean, that both, teams, uh, both teams are sloppy. Uh, you know, you mentioned earlier Patrick Chung dropping a... An open, uh, you know, wide open interception, and uh, 
you know, the, the Patriots got called for an illegal wedge in the, in the second half on a, on a kick return. You know, that was a, a rule change last year, and uh, you didn't see the Patriots violate that once last year, and all of a sudden it comes up here, and there's a bad snap, and, you know, a handful of penalties, you know. But, I mean, it is what it is. They get out in the field, and, uh, they, they, you know, it was the next step in a, in a process of, uh, of, of going forward over, over, the, uh, over the summer. Well, exactly, and uh, you know, obviously there were some names we're not too familiar with that uh, you know had pretty big games uh, again as they scored the most points ever in franchise history for a preseason game. And uh, why don't we start right off the bat with Tom Brady's backup, Brian Hoyer, who uh, came out of Michigan State? Sure, I mean, you know, he's uh, he's likely to see a, a decent amount of time in the preseason. You know, he clearly did some things last night that were that were good. I mean I thought he just for the most part displayed poise and, and command of the offense. He there were some throws that were not so good, some ill advised ones. Uh and a couple of times he was caught himself running around out there. But look he looked better than he did uh last preseason and uh and he looked better than you know, obviously he looked better than he did the preseason before that. So he's He's making progress, which is why he's on the team, and uh, you know they, they must have some kind of faith in him because they they essentially have kept him as the main backup to Brady for the last two years. Um, you know, Brian seems to have a good grasp of the offense, and and clearly has uh, has the physical attributes as well. Um, you know, that said, uh, you know it, it's uh, it's ill advised. You never want to have a backup go into a game. It's very, very difficult to uh, to win in this league with with a backup, and you know it's one of the great coaching uh, coaching jobs of all time is the fact that the Patriots were able to get eleven wins out of Matt Castle uh, when when Brady went down in '08. So uh, you know, so for all we saw about Hoyer, it would best be served if he if he stayed on the sideline uh, once the season started. No doubt about it. And, uh, you know, in the post-Math Castle era, shall we say, uh, if you want to call it an era, I think after last night's performance, uh, Patriot fans are probably feeling pretty comfortable that we have, you know, a solid backup quarterback. And based on what we saw last night, uh, Ryan Mallett, you know, uh, a rookie, obviously, uh, picked much later than anybody thought, uh, in the NFL draft, and I thought he looked great. I thought he may have been simply the most interesting aspect of that game, or one of them. And uh, what did you think of Ryan Mallett? He has quite an arm. Yeah, he's got a great arm. I mean, you know, I, I think the thing that stood out most in training camp thus far is that uh, Mallett uh, is off with uh, with coaches after every workout ends, and he's doing uh, footwork drills every day. Um, Footwork drills. So, it's obviously a uh, point of emphasis with the Patriots. So, if you're looking for, you know, looking for something there, and I, I'm I'm curious to see whether they're just trying to improve that area or they're actually uh, building them from the ground up, so to speak. And you know, the next thing will come with uh, with altering his mechanics and and that type of deal. But, um, you know, like I said, clearly. That's where they're starting with him, but yeah, he's got he's got the arm, he's got the size. Uh, you know, I haven't spoken with him uh, very much because the rookies don't say very much. But uh, but you know, he, he apparently has a good football background, and that he comes from a, you know his dad was a high school football coach. 
Right. Um, hopefully, his dad taught him good habits and or and didn't overlook some as some high school coaches are, are apt to do. But uh, you know, he's. I mean, in all honesty, I, I think you know he's a long way from getting on a field in a uh, you know in an, in an NFL game. Uh, you know, we we saw. Blaine Gabbard, who's a guy who was taken tenth overall by Jacksonville and is a rookie, and you know a lot of comparisons were made uh, between Mallet and, and, and Gabbard coming out, and you know we saw how uh, how Blaine looked in the game last night, which was not very good. Um, Shaky. <laughs> yeah. So so you know Mallet did look good. He you know he got quality work, uh, but it was in the second half, and it was against guys that are even further down the depth chart than than Hoyer saw. Um, so you know, I, I would take his his numbers last night, and you know, as for what they were. Yeah, and I agree. And uh, obviously, Mallet's uh, personal contact conduct, for lack of a better word, was somewhat in question, which is why he tumbled a bit in the draft. But we shall see. But anyway, give him credit for uh, having a a good debut last night. And speaking of debuts. Uh, I guess if you had to pick a star of the game uh, with three touchdowns, it would be Stephen Ridley. And uh, I saw where you wrote about him in your uh, column this morning. And what did you think of his performance? Yeah, I mean, he's a guy who's more likely, you know, I think when you look at, I think what you saw last night is uh, is kind of indicative of what you might get from him during the regular season. Just, I mean, he, he's he got he's got good size. He's know, five five. 6'2", 225, I think. Uh, you know, the, one of the things that came up last night was that, uh, you know, the, the players, uh, you know, praised, praised uh, Ridley for, for being decisive, uh, hitting the hole, and, uh, and, and, you know, running hard downhill. You know, things that, uh, you know, not to bring someone up from the past, but things that Lawrence Maroney didn't do well, which is why he's no longer here. Um, you know, I mean, I mean, the the guy was a top seven. I think he was seventy sixth pick in the draft, or seventy third pick overall in the draft. So it's uh, it's not like this is some kind of uh, you know he's he's appearing out of nowhere. He's a he was a highly touted player from a from a major program at LSU, and and you know I, I thought he showed good hands catching the ball. Uh, you know, Belichick brought up one thing that's obviously you know maybe overlooked by fans, but uh, you know Belichick mentioned last night that. Things with regard to uh, blitz pickup and, and that type of thing, and that's that's the hardest thing for a rookie to learn, and, and it's typically the thing that keeps him off the field on third down. But uh, but yeah, you know, Ridley has a chance to a chance to get some snaps this year somewhere in the field. I mean, Ben Jarvis Green Ellis is is obviously the number one right now, but if something were to happen to him, whether it was an injury or uh, or a, a lack of performance, uh, you know, Ridley is is showing some. Some signs of being able to step in there, and he's also capitalizing on opportunity. I mean, Shane Vereen was taken uh, about 17 spots higher in the second round by the Patriots, and he's been on the field for one plus practices so far. So uh, you know, clearly Ridley's um, getting extra reps with with you know with uh, with Vereen out, and he's taking taking uh, making the most of them. Yeah, and the thing he showed the most, which I think is the most important, and the reason Ben Jarvis Green Ellis is the starting running back for the Patriots, uh, Ridley showed obviously a nose for the end zone, getting three touchdowns, and uh, you know, so that's a great start for him. And another 
debut of sorts, although he was drafted last year but was injured and did not play, so he kind of showed his stuff for the first time last night, was uh, Taylor Price uh, made a spectacular catch in the end zone and just had an all-around good game. Uh, what did you think of Taylor Price? Yeah, he's a guy who's, uh, who's been on the radar screen all camp. I mean, he's looked good from day one. Um, you know, he, basically last year was a redshirt season. He came in late because of a quirky rule in the NFL that says uh, you're not allowed to just join an NFL team until after uh, you complete finals. And because Ohio University, his alma mater, is on a, a quarterly system, they actually uh, go to school into June. So he fell behind early with the OTAs, uh, showed some flashes early in camp last year, but, you know, Ultimately, it just got overwhelmed by by being behind and and uh, and lack of knowledge of the playbook. You know, he talked this. Uh, he talked recently about how in the off season he really buried himself in the playbook, worked hard to to stay in shape, and uh, you know, he he looks like a guy who's going to help the team this year. I mean, obviously, one of the issues with him, so to speak, gonna, is going to be is the fact that you know he's behind uh, Dion Branch, Wes Welker, and Chad Ochocinco, and well, the Patriots do run a lot of four-receiver sets. They've also integrated the tight ends into the mix recently. Uh, you know, Gonzalez is basically a you know a, a receiver in name only. So he he split or, or Hernandez. I'm sorry, Aaron Hernandez. So he he split wide a lot of times. So Price may have trouble seeing the field a ton, but but I, I do think he's a a player of value. Um, you know, this time last year, just as an example, we were talking about. Brandon Tate being a breakout player and Brady talking about how excited he was to work with him. And I, I honestly think Brandon Tate's going to be hard-pressed to make the team this year, and he obviously did very little in the receiving game last year. But I have a different feel about Price this year. I, I, I do think he's going to be a valuable person on the roster. You just might not see him a ton unless injuries occur. Okay, Rich. And uh, lastly, before... Uh... Before I have to go to break, uh, I know you also wrote about uh, this morning kicker Stephen Goskowski, who missed uh, the second half of last season with injury and uh, kicked very well last night. And I, I, it seems like you spoke with him in the locker room. And uh, what did Goskowski have to say? Yeah, he's he's you know he feels good about where he's at right now. Um, you know, I. I I get the sense that the Patriots never like to put numbers on things. I get the sense that he's he's actually 100% healthy. There's just issues he's working through as he comes back. I mean, anybody coming off an injury, once you heal, you still have kinks and you still have to get back into your routine. And he said, you know, one of the things last night was just trying to stay loose between kicks and, and kind of going through that process. He's, he's not doing kickoffs right now, even though the, the Patriots say there's, he has no restrictions on him. Uh, the, you know, Guskowski said, well, you have to talk to coaches about that, but then went on to say that, look, we're just trying to take it slow right now. What they're really focusing on is, is him getting his timing back and, and timing with, uh, you know, the Mesco and, uh, and long snapper Makatula, who, who, uh, Guskowski didn't work with last year. He, he worked with, uh, Jake Ingram, who was cut right around the time that Guskowski went on injured reserve. So, uh, so, you know, we saw a bad snap last night from Matt, but, uh, but you know, Guskowski brushed that aside as just something that happens and said that, you know, the key with them right now is that they're working on the, the timing as the uh, snap hold kick 
product uh, comes together, and he likes where they're at right now. But, uh, you know, again, they have a little ways to go. But, you know, all in all, I mean, they, they look real good there with, with him. It's a set position, which is, which is great. Very important. Uh, you know, as we all know, he succeeded Adam Vinatieri and has had just a terrific career. By that, I mean he's never blown a kick uh, for the Patriots. And I think last year when he went down, I and a lot of others worried that, uh, you know, that was going to come back and bite them at some point. But Shane Graham stepped in, did a very credible job. Uh, Patriots never lost a game due to a kick last year. And uh, so, Rich, I just want to thank you so much for coming on the show, providing this uh, great access. I know you're at Patriots training camp just about every day, so you have great perspective. And thank you for taking the time to join us today. Great. Thanks a lot, John. Thanks again, Rich. And coming up next will be another newspaper expert, Barry Rubenstein of the New York Post. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Super Bowl champ Lionel Dalton is taking to the internet airwaves with his own brand of sports talk. You'll go inside the mind of the players and find out if blacklisting really happens, what their thoughts are on training camps, where the former NFL players are now, and why being drafted by the wrong NFL team can kill a promising player's career. Lionel will also cover what's up with the Baltimore Ravens. Tune in to Sports Talk with Lionel Dalton live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 noon Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Do you think that all of the generic financial information you get every day is hard to navigate? You need to tune in to Duffy's Financial Playbook. Every weekend, Andreas Duffy will help you filter out this information and turn it into wisdom that you can really use. Be informed about the financial decisions you're about to make instead of just blindly making decisions. Andre's connections in the business and professional sports world will help you so you don't need to worry about your financial success. Tune in to Duffy's Financial Playbook, Saturdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Sports. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And to join the show, the call-in number is one 888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And many thanks to uh, Rich Garvin of the Worcester Telegram and Gazette for giving his us his Patriots expertise. And now we have another newspaper expert, uh, our weekly call-in guest, Barry Rubenstein of the New York Post. Barry, how are you today? Good, John. How are you? Thanks for having me, as Great. always. And thank you for calling in, as always. Uh, well, good to see the NFL preseason get underway. And uh, last night, of course, the much-heralded dream team, the Eagles, got underway. And uh, before we get into the game, let's just talk about, you know, 
the fact that they signed, somewhat surprisingly, if not abruptly, you know, Steve Smith, the receiver from the New York Giants, who, although they didn't play, are all of a sudden the team making the most NFL preseason news. And I know you're an expert being uh, working right in midtown Manhattan at the New York Post. So what are your thoughts on what's going on with the Giants? Well, I, I think I, I, I've got to tell you, I mean, the Giant fans are up in arms. Uh, you know, this is sort of like the Steve Smith signing of the Eagles is kind of like the icing on the cake because, you know, you've, you've had, uh, you have the Giants choosing not to bring back two of their longtime offensive linemen, uh, Rich Soybert and Sean O'Hara. Then they lose Kevin Boss to free agency. They lose Barry Cofield, defensive tackle to free agency. And now, uh, and you, you have the, the ongoing, uh, contract stalemate with OCU Manura, which has yet to be resolved. And now you have the, you know, kind of, you know, kind of, as you say, abruptly and kind of surprisingly, uh, Steve Smith signing with the, with, with the hated Eagles. Uh, and that, I think that's what pushed a lot of fans over the edge. Uh, you know, Jerry Reese is the, G, the GM is coming under a lot of fire today. Uh, you know, people kind of wondering, you know, what's going on? Why, you know, are you asleep at the switch? What's happening? Uh, the media has taken him to task, and it's gotten to the point where, uh, you know, fans are, are, are tweeting their, their, spo- their responses, their feelings about the Giants. And now you have uh, Pat Hamlin, the longtime uh, uh, PR director of the Giants, has now been answering fans back on Twitter. So it's, it's getting really nasty in New York. Uh, you know, uh, Hamlin tweeting responses to, uh, you know, there was this one uh, for instance, a fan said, you know, what's, what's going on with this team? Uh, you know, why are we doing, you know, we should be doing this, we should be doing that. And Hanlon's response was something along the lines of, okay, Lombardi, you know, we know that you know what's best for this team or something along those lines. So that's just one example. But it, it, it's been crazy. And, uh, you know, Justin Tuck, the defensive uh, end, says, you know what, we haven't played a game yet. The Eagles haven't played a game yet either. Uh, you know, everybody's given them the Super Bowl. But, you know, last time I checked, the, the games weren't on the field, which is true, but, you know, you got to remember, you know, the, the way the Giants season ended last year, you know, with that horrible loss against the Eagles, uh, you know, when Deshaun Jackson ran back that punt. And right. the offseason has been, been very spotty to say, you know, to, to, to put it mildly, to put it, in a, you know, at best. Uh, you know, the, the Giants don't have a whole lot to show for things. And meanwhile, you have the Eagles acting like they're the Yankees. And, you know, people are wondering, well, you know, if there's salary cap issues, how come they can go out and sign all these guys? You know, how come they can sign Namdi Asamoa and then, Steve Smith and all these other guys they've been bringing in. So they're legitimate questions, and, you know, we just have to see how this plays out. I mean, even Tom Coughlin has said, you know what, we were surprised and we were upset about the Steve Smith situation. Apparently there was some uh, mixed signals there, you know, the Giants feeling that Smith's uh, representation was going to come back to them, you know, to see if uh, they would match any offer. Uh, and Smith's agent said, well, no, that we never said we would do that. And so you've got, you know, kind of a he said, she said thing going on there. So, yeah, it's it's been uh, pretty much a, a pretty ugly preseason for the Giants. Meanwhile, the Jets, you know, they're they're talking big, and you know, Rex Ryan is talking about you know, winning a Super Bowl and owning New York, and you know, so you know, you have kind of two parallels there. The Jets are kind of look like they're on the upswing, even though you know they've gotten market, uh, markedly uh, older uh, at wide receiver. You know, bringing in Derek Mason and Plaxico Burris, and uh, Plaxico is not making the trip for their first preseason game. He's got some. Uh, some injury issues, so uh, you know, I think Jet fans are kind of holding their breath about that. So, um, you know, certainly football is uh, kind of king in New York right now. Oh, absolutely! And uh, <clears throat> the Giants open their preseason tomorrow night in uh, Carolina, and then the Jets open uh, Monday at 
the Houston Texans. And uh, let's loop back to, you know, teams that were on the field last night as we finally got underway with football. And uh, first, let's start with uh, the aforementioned Philadelphia Eagles, uh, Baltimore Ravens game. And let me just start by saying uh, the most interesting thing I saw last night when I returned home from the Patriots game to watch highlights was uh, simply Nashi Asimwa being interviewed uh, during the Eagles game or after the Eagles game. I was just blown away by how articulate and thoughtful a speaker he was. And I just thought, wow, this guy is going to be huge. I mean, here he is playing at an all-pro level for years out in Oakland, and I'm sure I've heard him once or twice, but, you know, it didn't stick, shall we say. But last night, saying all the right things, and uh, he's going to be an East Coast media superstar very shortly, I predict. Yeah, I mean, I think there was a lot, that, that was the thought of him, uh, you know, right before he summed the Eagles, all that talk about him coming to the Jets, and that seemed to be, you know, pretty much a dumb de- done deal, depending on who you talk to. I mean, he's a very, very, uh, very cerebral guy. And again, you know, playing for the Raiders, you know, you don't hear, you know, if you're on the East Coast, there's a very much East Coast, West Coast bias, right? I mean, Correct. you don't hear much about guys playing, you know, unless they're in L.A. and they're a superstar, you don't hear much about guys that play for the Raiders or, or the Seahawks or teams out there, the Chargers. But uh, Nam Diasamwa, he has aspirations of, of being an actor. Uh, right. So after his playing career is over, very cerebral, very bright guy. And, um, yeah, so that was, that was one of the hooks about him coming to New York. And that, that even added to, uh, you know, the surprise in New York when, you know, yet another guy, wow, how about that? Another guy signing with the Eagles. So yeah, that, 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 that kind of, uh, sucked Jet fans a bit. But, um, but yeah, I, I think you're right. I mean, uh, you know, you were having him on the East Coast, even if it isn't Philly, you know, certainly he'll be able to raise his, um, you know, raise his Q rating for sure. I would think not as much as in New York, but uh, certainly to a large degree. Oh, absolutely. He's going to, he's again, he, he is going to be big and could quickly become the face of the team. Uh, you know, in the, in the very, very near future, if, if he plays well, uh, which I think he will. And the other game last night was, uh, too. go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They have a lot of faces to contend with too, for, uh, for FaceTime in Philadelphia. So we'll see how that plays out. <laughs> No doubt about that. And speaking of FaceTime, uh, another game that was played last night was Cowboys-Broncos. And, again, my first thoughts on that were, as uh, with everybody these days, you know, Tim Tebow and the controversy uh, with Kyle Orton. And I got to say, you know, I just do not understand this one uh, because, you know, Tebow, who's, just a proven winner and one of the most popular college football players ever, uh, without a doubt. You know, he's only in his second year. I don't see why the fan base out there, and really nationally to a degree, just seems to be demanding some type of uh, showdown or call from the new coach, John Fox, when to me, Tebow, as he did last night, you know, he shows these flashes of just incredible athleticism and just, you know, memorable plays mixed in with a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of mistakes, what have you. And to me, he is the perfect backup quarterback, and he's only in his second year. So, you know, him being a backup just makes perfect sense. He brings an entirely new dimension to any game he comes into. So, again, I don't get it why he just can't be 
just a unique backup in this league. Kyle Orton is clearly the right man to start for the Broncos for now, and I just find it all very odd. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, you know, Orton's a pretty good quarterback, and he's done yes. pretty well uh, in his right. career. Um, you know, for some reason, I think Kyle Orton's one of those guys that you know people maybe expect more of, and people get frustrated with because he's never really won a championship, or you know, his teams never went far in the playoffs. But kind of a good quarterback, and you know, then what, I think when you have a guy like Orton, then you bring in a guy like Tebow. When you go out of your way to draft a guy like Tim Tebow, you're automatically you know causing a controversy. You know, you're thinking. You know, the fans are probably thinking, well, well gee, you know, what, what, what do we bring this guy in for? And I agree with you. I think, you know, Tebow obviously has talent, obviously, you know, gives, a, gives you another dimension. But, you know, did the, did the Broncos really need a Tim Tebow? You know, you've you got to kind of wonder about that. And I, I agree with you. I, I think it's puzzling as well. And it, it's sending a message that, you know, we're not really – it sends a message that, you know, you know Kyle Orton's good, but, you know, maybe Tebow's better. But I don't know that I agree with that. And, but I think, you know, if you go back in NFL history, some of the greatest quarterbacks that have ever played the game really were not superstars in college. When you think about it, you know, you can, right. you can go down the list. I mean, there were guys that were good quarterbacks, but, you know, not, not, not terrific. Not, not, you know, how many guys came out of college as quarterbacks who, oh, this guy's going to be a Hall of Famer? And, you know, it doesn't quite turn out that way. And meanwhile, guys that, that uh, you know, guy like a Ben Roethlisberger from, uh, you know, Miami of Ohio, and you have a lot of other, a lot of guys like that that have played, you know, at that, you know, lesser schools that star in the NFL, and the superstar quarterback doesn't always, doesn't always translate. So, you know, you know, again, we have to see how this plays out. But yeah, I agree with you. I, I think, uh, you know, it's you know certainly Wharton's job to lose, and you know, I don't really think there's much of a controversy. I mean, Tebow's a nice guy to have in your pocket, you know, and I'm sure they'll. You know, maybe they can you know run some, run some other things with him. You know, maybe do a little wildcat, maybe do some other things. But you know, Orton's got to be the guy out there, as far as I'm concerned. I totally agree. And uh, you know, and just before we go to break here, uh, let me just say that yeah, I found myself thinking, uh, you know, John Fox didn't draft him; Josh McDaniels did. So if it gets too crazy out there, he might unload him and. Found myself thinking, wouldn't it be interesting to see him go to the team that's taken everybody, which is obviously the Eagles, which would then give them the greatest trio of running quarterbacks in NFL history, being, of course, Michael Vick, Vince Young, and then Tebow. Uh, what an offense that would be. But anyway, that's wishful thinking, and uh, we're going to take our break now, and Barry is going to stick around and join us on the other side. <laughs> Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. The Sports Mavericks Show redefines the elite athlete by bridging the gap between parents, athletes, and the community. Host Ida Moyer, a.k.a. the Oprah of Sports, brings to the Voice America Network original programming, balancing the pursuit of academic excellence and sports participation. The Sports Mavericks Show airs every Tuesday evening at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. 
Listeners will be engaged in straightforward talk, spontaneous and unscripted by the experts. Ida and her guests will explore the challenges of success and failure in sports and will help athletes and their parents navigate the transition from high school, college, and then on to the pros. We put fun back into sports and recognize role models in sports through our Sports Mavericks All-Star Award Program. Tune in Tuesday evenings at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time with Ida Mouye and the Sports Mavericks Show right here on The Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. And to join the show, the call-in number is one 888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And I'm still here with Barry Rubenstein of the New York Post. And Barry, we were just talking a little football, and uh, one of the stories coming out of the lockout, of course, is the rash of injuries that have happened, no surprise, here in the first couple weeks of uh, training camp. Uh, what are your thoughts on that so far, Barry? Well, you know, I, I think we kind of could see this coming, you know, uh, you know, with, with, with the lockout and, and teams not being able to keep tabs on their athletes and, you know, not bring, not being able to bring them in for mini camps or, or, the, you know, the, uh, organized, uh, team activities or OTAs as, uh, the new acronym for that is, um, you know, I, I think it was pretty much, pretty much expected that you would have a lot of, a lot of tweaks and in a lot of cases worse than tweaks. I mean, we've had, I believe, Ten players so far in training camp around the NFL that have gone down with Achilles tendon injuries, which is a very, you know, very serious injury, obviously. And you know, you, you kind of wonder, uh, you know, if this has been a normal off season, you know, with with the teams being able to bring guys in as normal, you know, would you be would you be seeing this rash of injuries? And you know, you're going to be you're going to be seeing a lot of guys with with muscle pulls and guys being you know held back, and you know, you're already seeing that to a to a degree. And you know, it's, it's only going to get worse you know, as as the practices and the game and things get more intense as we get to the regular season, and I think it's going to carry on into the regular season too. You know, you might see some real sloppy, uh, sloppy play the first few weeks. You know, until you know the whole uh, injury and, and and health aspects, you know, kind of kind of shake themselves out. So, you know, certainly the lockout, you know, the, you know, lockout certainly didn't help from that perspective. You know, on the other hand, you know, as, as we've discussed, you know, certainly the. Um, truncated free agent period i think was was a unexpected boom to the nfl i mean you had there was just so much interest and i I think they'd be they'd be well served to kind of think about maybe doing something like that next year maybe not as extreme but you know just cutting down the free agency signing period you know just to you know make make it interesting for the fans because I, i just thought it was terrific but um but yeah i think we're seeing the effect of the of the uh the lot the, the lockout year and uh, you know I think it's going to get worse before it gets better unfortunately. Yeah, and I agree. Uh, it should be an interesting couple weeks in that regard. And you know, sp- sticking with some lockout news, but switching sports. Uh, as we all know, it's NBA, it's Basketball Hall of Fame induction weekend right up here in uh, Springfield, Massachusetts, and 
What are you hearing down in New York about uh, the NBA lockout? Uh, not very much. It's been very quiet. Um, That's good. You know, you've, you've got two. You've got two sides that are pretty intractable, and you've got uh, you know they've both sides pretty much saying you know what we could lose the entire season, and you've got uh, you know not not a whole lot of budging and not a whole lot of uh, talk about meeting. You know, I think they have a they're, they're scheduled to meet either this week or next week. You're, but uh, you're really not hearing a whole lot about the NBA. It's been very quiet. Uh, you know, maybe a little too quiet. You know, there's, you know, certainly with uh, football training camp and you know the baseball season. You know, the start starting to you know people start to look ahead a little bit to the postseason, especially where the Yankees are concerned in New York. Um, you know, the NBA is kind of on the back burner right now. But you know, I think as we get closer to when the season is supposed to start, you know, you might see a little bit more movement. But um, right now it's, it's looking pretty grim. I mean, they're not, they're, you know, you're not even, you know, e- even in the worst moments of the end of the NFL lockout, there was never a sense of, you know what, they're going to miss some games or, you know what, they may not settle or, you know what, this is going to go on for a long time. You pretty much knew there was pretty much a feeling right from the start that, yeah, they can settle this thing. The NBA is a totally different, totally different kettle of fish, and, uh, and it's going to be very difficult. There's a lot. The issues run way deeper. Uh, the financial aspects run way deeper, and it's uh, there's a real, real chance we're gonna, we're gonna not only miss games, but you know, again, appear, uh, depending on who you talk to, you know, the, the entire season may be may be in jeopardy, which would uh, you know really uh, cast a big blow on uh, on the NBA. Oh, absolutely, and uh, you know, another big story in New York that uh, I I witnessed the start of, shall we say, as Mariano Rivera has blown three games in a row, saves, and I was watching on Sunday night when he blew the first one uh, against the Red Sox uh, in the national TV game Sunday night on ESPN, uh, and since then he's blown two more. Uh, what's what's the word in New York for uh, where Mariano Rivera's at? This is uncharted waters, shall we say. There's a lot of concern. Yeah, there's, there's there's suddenly some concern. I mean, then there's there's a guy that that you've never really had to think much about. I mean, when you talk about guys that are Mister Automatic, I mean, they don't really, you know, throughout uh, throughout his career, he's been uh, Mariano's been Mister Automatic for the Yankees. You know, uh, very you know very effective, greatest relievers of all time. Certainly be in the Hall of Fame. Certainly have his number retired. And uh, well, number already is retired. He's he's actually the last major leaguer to wear number forty two. So uh, once Mariano retires. We will not, you know, for uh, never retired for Jackie Robinson. Of course, um, there will never be another major leaguer to wear number forty-two. Except on Jackie Robinson's day, but we're digressing. Um, yeah, there's definitely some concern. You know, they haven't really said much publicly about it. The Yankees haven't, but uh, they have to be concerned. You know, they have some uh, pitching problems in other areas of the rotation, and it's interesting that you know the the famous uh, Yankees core four of all their all their championships in the nineties. Um, you know. Derek Jeter is pretty much the only one that's still producing uh, at all. You know, Andy Pettit's obviously retired, and uh, you know, Jorge Posada's uh, pretty much been relegated to a, a bench player at best. Uh, the other you know, talk he won't even be on the postseason roster, which would be a very uh, you know ignominious ending to his career as a Yankee. Uh, but uh, yeah, we might be starting to see uh, a little bit of decline uh, of Mariano Rivera too. I mean, the, the numbers are, are are off his fastball and. Uh, yeah, we might be able to start to see the beginning of the end here uh, for him. So it'd be interesting to see you know what they do moving forward. But yeah, that's that's a big story in New York too. 
Oh, it's gigantic, to say the least. And, uh, well, Barry, it's hard to believe, but we're coming in towards the end of another segment. And, uh, you know, my pick of the weekend for appointment television viewing is the PGA Tournament, the final major of the year. And, uh, you know, should be a great one. Should be interesting to see whether or not Tiger's going to be around for it. And, uh, and I also just want to quickly loop back uh, for my listeners who heard my interview with Tyree Barnes from the Naval Academy, currently trying out for the Patriots. Uh, I had written an article and posted a photo for Armchair General magazine that is on their website, and it's armchairgeneral, one word, dot com. And uh, for anybody interested in reading uh, more about Tyree Barnes and the NFL's reserve military clause, uh, again, it's at armchairgeneral.com. And, Barry, that just about does it. Uh, I don't know if you have any final thoughts. What are you going to be watching this weekend when you're not working? Well, well I am going to be working, so <laughs> everything will be everything will be, uh, be, uh, be at work. But, yeah, well, there's certainly be a lot of interest in the first uh, – the preseason games for the Giants and Jets, and uh, you know the continuation of, of baseball season. So everybody's real anxious to see uh, some football on the field, as opposed to uh, you know uh, the the lack of football we've seen so far. You know, with just training camp, and so it'd be nice to see some real games, uh, even though they're preseason games. We'll uh, get to see uh, if, if the Giants preseason the Giants preseason is going to be as bad as everybody thinks it's going to be, and if the Jets are going to be as good as people think they're going to be. So. Uh, couple of interesting viewpoints there to keep an eye on for us. Oh, absolutely. It is going to be interesting to say the least. And, uh, yeah, again, you know, just great to have football back. And uh, before we know it, we'll be getting into college football. I, you know, talked a little bit about at the beginning about Joe Paterno being hurt yet again. And, uh, and but, you know, let's hope he's on the sidelines for the Penn State-Alabama game, which is on September 10th. And, in uh, Happy Valley, which is going to kickstart the NFL season, to put it mildly. So uh, can't wait for that. Like I said, August is a good tune-up for all this. And uh, football is here, and we're all very happy about that. So, Barry, thanks again for joining us. Have a great weekend, and uh, we'll look forward to having you on again next week as well. You too, John. Thank you. Thanks, Barry. And with that, we'll sign off for another week. And... Uh, Thank you all for listening to All Around Sports, and we look forward to doing it again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week.